0: And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and you know, it's always nice when there's plan A and plan B. Sometimes you need plan A, and sometimes you do plan B. And Dr. Marcus Bachman is on his way, but he's a little bit late. But thankfully,
1: Guy Talk guys are still here. They, wow. haven't, they haven't left. No. The, the score must have been tied where you go into extra innings here. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So... We have time for a couple
0: more questions if you want to send them over, 877-933-2484. We're talking about shame today with Dr. Marcus Bachman. And uh, we're going to talk about the difference maybe a little bit between guilt and shame. What do you guys know?
2: I know it's one of the biggest factors I see, especially in young people. Um, Older people will talk about sin and uh, mistakes they've made. Mm But guilt and shame is a pretty common word among young people that I work with or come to me for counseling. And they uh, they feel, and maybe Dr. Bachman could help straighten that out, most of them feel like it's a permanent situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm there to help them understand, no, 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 no. With Jesus, that can be washed away. You can live a new life. But it's incredible how many carry that. And then a lot of these young people that I've worked with, if they carry it long enough, they get into some what I call strange thinking. And then some of them, uh, sadly, begin to hear voices. Uh, they tell them how bad they are and how worthless they
1: are as a That's result. That's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. I was a new Christian, and a, um, a mature Christian man was going to meet, start meeting with me to disciple me. And the, he had me open up my Bible. We brought our Bibles, and we were sitting at a restaurant. And he said, open up your Bibles to Romans 8 and read verse 1 for me. Mm. And it said, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he asked me what that meant. And to tell you the truth, I really didn't have a good answer for him at the time. But he started describing this concept that if you're in Christ Jesus, God has no condemnation left. He no longer holds your sin against you. And uh, you've been forgiven. You've been cleansed. You're now a child of the Most High God. And that understanding of our identity in Christ, I think has been a key for me, Ever since to truly understand that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, joining us to the power panel for Guide Talk is the one and only Dr. Marcus Bachman. Marcus, welcome, my friend.
3: Hey, I, it's great to be here. I uh, feel a little guilty about being a little late, <laughs> a little. but I'm I'm differentiating between shame and guilt, and so I'm not shameful. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Wish you are guilty. I'm a little guilty. I, I should have yeah. managed my time. I think we should talk about the difference between guilt and shame though. I would I would love for, I would love for you to do
0: that. My power panel guys were nice enough to stay for a little Great. bit and I thought well, let's uh keep yeah. them around just a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about the difference between shame and guilt.
3: Well, I think shame is something that people internalize. They feel it's uh they're a bad person. There's something wrong with them. Uh it's really uh uh, nothing to do with what God has intended for us as believers. Um, it is it is an uh, uh, it's so opposite than guilt in the sense of there are things that you and I do that are wrong, and we should have some guilt about that. Yes, I think that's very appropriate. Guilt can motivate us to change. Guilt can cause us to come to a place of repentance. And in repentance and understanding God's word, it frees us. Uh, where shame says uh, there is no hope. right? There is nothing about shame that says... You can change. You can have a better life. What it does is it keeps people in secret and not coming out and telling people uh, what I am shameful about. Often they keep it inside. That's when we talk about young people. It's a hidden thing. And uh, it's powerful. And I think we need to understand the power that shame has and the freedom that we have when we understand We are are guilty as sinners, and so we we need to understand what's our next steps after that.
2: Mm -hmm. And shame, from what I've seen, and please correct me, you do this more than I do, robs us of hope. Yes. When the hope is gone, what is there to live for? Exactly. What is there to do? And it's terrible to see 14-, 15-, 16-year-olds who have already come to the conclusion this life isn't worth living anymore. Yeah. And that's why we need to help them understand that there is always forgiveness. Mm. There is always hope. And uh, they desperately need the love of Jesus.
3: Well, you can understand why suicide happens. I mean, when we see ourselves as flawed and uh, internally there is something really wrong with us and there is no hope anymore and there is no opportunity for hope, well, then we come to a place that is so dark. And that's why we have to be very careful of understanding, am I feeling shame? Let me get right thinking about this. Let me correct my thinking. Allow me to change in my thinking process so that who I am is I'm created with special purpose in the image of God, and that carries no shame.
1: You say that the scripture says that whoever trusts in the Lord will never be put to shame. What I hear you're saying is shame does not come from God. So it must come from someplace else.
3: It comes directly from the pit of hell. Yeah. It, the enemy loves his territory. This is his favorite territory. You see, you know, there's a lot of reasons why shame comes about. I think shame can be uh, due to trauma. Uh, in all honesty, how people internalize trauma, they think, well, if that terrible thing happened, that must be something wrong with me then. Or if in childhood they, they were neglected, uh, they internalize, I must not be worth Uh, someone not paying attention, giving me that which I should have. Uh, If someone just has too high of expectations, a parent that uh, expects the child is never good enough, there's something wrong with you, I think that person can have shame come from that. But in all of that, uh, the enemy, this is his territory, because he repeats to you, those things that you internalize with, I'm not good enough. There's something in internally wrong with me.
2: Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of young preachers of different denominations. I've done a lot of training. The one thing I try to get across to them is, you're not the Savior. Yes. Jesus is. When you preach from the pulpit, you want to preach the truth. But when you're talking about shame, it's one of the wisest things to say, let me tell you about when I carried shame and what it did to me until I finally woke up to the love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you're carrying shame today, don't hide it. Jesus wants to get rid of it and deal with it. But I think people sitting in the pew, they look at the pastors and they say, well, he's perfect, or he's got his life Mm -hmm. together. I'm not there. He didn't go through what I went through. We don't know what anybody's gone through. And it can be very deep. So I think the honesty with the Word of God is so powerful, and I encourage pastors to do that without making it about themselves. That's not the goal. The goal is to free people up to really listen.
3: I think that's one of the most powerful things that is going on in our churches that have recovery groups. Yeah, They talk about who am I and where did I come from and what message was given to me. And so often those that have been so uh, traumatized and so uh, hurt, uh, they have nothing else to say other than uh, often this is who I am, a dirty as can be. And I, I, I come from a past of shame. Mm-hmm. And once that's brought to light, powerful.
0: Yeah. Let me see if I can try a recap here. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest, along with Tom Parrish and Jeff Verdorn. Shame, uh, Marcus, if I hear this correctly, focuses on ourselves, and we see ourselves in a, a negative light. But if you have guilt feelings, that might result from some specific action. Yes. Which you would accept responsibility for. And then you're thinking of, about the feelings of others. Yes. I hurt your feelings. I'm guilty because of what I did. Right. And I'm th- thinking about your feelings. Yeah. Shame related. I'm only thinking about my feelings. Yes, right. And I'm only thinking of myself in a negative light.
3: Let me give you an example of uh, what I consider healthy guilt. And I'll just tell you my example from last week. I was talking with a uh, telemarketer, and uh, I have to acknowledge the fact that I have very little time for telemarketers, and it showed in my response. <laughs> and by the time I was finished, I didn't swear, I didn't yet raise my voice, but I had an attitude that said – really belittling attitude of why are you wasting my time and why do you work for that company? And by the time it was said, I just had a really guilty feeling that what right, Marcus, did you have to talk to that person? And I, I, I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit convicted me Uh, before I hung up on the telemarketer, and I apologized. I said, you know, I just realized I'm out of line here. I have an attitude here that is disrespectful, and uh, I know you're working for a company for the reasons that you are, and I just need to apologize. I am sorry. Would you forgive me for my attitude? And I can't tell you how releasing and free it was for me, yeah. Again, this just happened last week, and here I am. Uh, you know, whatever you call me, you know, So my... I
1: have some things to confess to you.
3: <laughs> the, the line is over there, Jeff. Okay. Oh. Okay. Right. We can open line. this up for the listeners. All i all I will say, and you know what? I just got to say this last piece of it. The telemarketer uh, just it was it seemed like just for a few seconds uh, said, "Oh, I I can't tell you." how kind that was yes. of you. And um, I just want to say thank you for this call. Mm. Obviously, I didn't buy anything from this person, the company. We, we we hung up and said, have a good day. And it was freeing for both of us. Yeah. I went through an open house when I was house
0: shopping. And, you know, some ambitious realtors want to ask all kinds of questions and get you on board, Right. And I didn't really care for the house, and I didn't really want to answer the questions, and I found myself being a little rude, and I left. And it struck me that I was being rude. And I went back, and I said, I I drove back. I was two blocks away, and I went back, and I said, I need to apologize. I was disrespectful and rude. You did your job beautifully, and I was not nice. And he said, whoa, no one has ever ever done this.
3: Wow. And and do you you realize how much of a testimony that is for the kingdom? There
2: you go. It is so powerful because people don't see that in Christians often enough. And when they see that, guess what?
0: They see Jesus. Amen. All
2: right.
0: We'll take a little break. I don't know what's happening this hour. I know I've got Dr. Dr. Marcus Bachman here. He's my guest talking about shame, but Jeff is still here. Tom is still here. I hope you guys don't leave. This is a lot of fun. And are good time. I got some great questions coming in as well, so we'll take a short break and be right back.
3: Thanks so much for listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. If you enjoy what you're finding here, consider subscribing to some of our other Faith Radio podcasts, like mine, for instance. You can search Suzy Larson live at myfaithradio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day.
0: To hour 2 of my show. I don't know what's going on for sure, but I have Dr. Marcus Bachman as my guest. He is uh, was just a couple minutes late, and of course I was sweating because uh, I don't know if he's going to make it or not, but he made it. and I'm so glad he's here, but in the meantime, um, my guide talk guys, Jeff Verdorn and Pastor Tom Parrish, stuck around, and uh, now we're having all kinds of fun. This is really nice. So, Marcus, a couple questions have already come in. I find this interesting. I grew up with the notion that we should always do our devotions. There was a lot of shame put on us if we didn't do our devotions. That's not biblical.
3: No, shame is never biblical. The good news about doing devotions is devotions are a good thing, but we're not bad if we miss our devotions mm-hmm. on occasion, yeah. I think there's an encouragement for us to be disciplined. I, I don't want to ever min, min, minimize the importance of um, reading the scriptures uh, regularly and, and, and enjoying it, not out of duty, not out of a sense of, you know, this is... Uh, uh, forced and I just think there's a joy in the relationship that we have with Jesus to do our devotions mm-hmm. and in that way if I've missed my devotion with Jesus I feel I've missed Jesus Yeah, amen. And, you, you, and, and so I, I just I think we have to make sure we take out shame we don't want to take out devotions <laughs> we don't want to throw that out mm-hmm. so we have to be really careful of you know acknowledging what you feel understanding where is it coming from, and then correcting the path.
0: Mm-hmm. Which me- leads me to my next question, which is from a listener, do you think shame is ever culturally helpful or necessary? Thinking of Eastern cultures which have a lot of emphasis on shame.
3: I think shame is never good. Okay, yeah, I, That's agree. What I would agree with. But you guys...
2: You- well, well, shame has a tendency to put you in a corner, and to make you feel bad. There's no out. There's no answer. There's no hope. And when you're getting shamed, um, it doesn't motivate me. It just—all it does is push me away. Where on the other hand, guilt in the proper sense draws me to come to the conclusion, I want to be right with the Lord, Jesus, and I want to be right with my brothers and sisters in Christ, like you did with the telemarketer, and that's exactly what happens. There's a difference between the two. And the problem is shame is destructive and we should never use shame on our kids or anybody else. It doesn't work. We always need to motivate them by what they can be and what the Lord is wanting them to be and what is better for them.
3: I I think for uh, parents who have used shame, for example, I don't think necessarily they even understand, Mm-mm. uh you know, what what the power of that. And I think they're trying to raise good, even the cultures that say, you know, you come up to the highest standard and even then it's never good enough. I, I don't believe that the motivation is is to um, purposefully hurt your mm-hmm. child. So I think that even as a child who grows up as an adult, and I'm a strong believer as a therapist, that you've you, got to get over this. We, we can't stay in childhood uh, hurt feelings. Uh, we need to speak it forth. We need to get help, but we need to move on. And I think it's um, unfortunate if we make a decision not to move on. But again, the truth is we need to forgive our parents um, probably uh, with uh, the understanding that it wasn't purposeful. It wasn't motivated to hurt us. Right. Uh, they were they were doing what they knew was best, even if it didn't work the way it should have.
1: Mm-hmm. It seems to me if God doesn't shame his children, mm-hmm. then parents shouldn't shame their children, and cultures shouldn't shame their children or their citizens. And it seems to me at all those levels, it's not right. You know, it's interesting
2: because, as you know, Marcus, the New Testament is probably— and I'm going to put this more in medical terms, the most therapeutic document ever written, because the church is encouraged to share with one another and to listen to one another and to encourage one another. And we could put you out of business if we actually did that, but we don't do it enough. And therefore people harbor this inside and they don't know where to go with it. Uh And I'm glad they get to you. I'm glad they come to a pastor and talk to them, but this should be normal in Christianity, From day one, we should be teaching kids and adults how to share our burdens with one another, how to be honest and know that the cleansing hand of Jesus is there. And people need that. They don't get it too often.
3: I will say the beauty of um, being able to—I am honored, honored to be a part of someone's faith journey and counseling and to sit in in an office where they know confidentiality is upheld so they're safe. Yeah. And then they're able to share— their shame, yeah, and it is powerful. I'm sure it happens in pastors' offices, but I will say that that the beauty of knowing they know um, that they are in a place where they can actually unload it is so healing and beneficial. I'd love to hear from listeners uh, for those that have um, been released of shame. What what has helped them? Yeah. I, I have some specific ways that I think would be helpful, but I'd love to hear from listeners because, you know, you, your audience is fantastic in giving some sound advice of how they were released from shame. Mm-hmm. It's, it's powerful.
0: If you can do that, send it over, 877-933-2484. You can, of course, remain anonymous. Again, the number is 877 877- 933-2484, how you've been released from shame. Marcus, let me ask you this. Who is more susceptible to the negative effects of shame? I think kids, adolescents suffer with a lot of shame, but who who is most susceptible to the negative effects of shame?
3: I think there are some very specific uh, people who uh, are not, Uh, affirmed in the word of God and not affirmed as a person with their identity. Uh, Those that have been vulnerable because they have not been considered precious cargo growing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have to go overboard with uh, the self-esteem movement, but we need to be central on giving people the understanding how, uh, absolutely, they are loved by Christ and how powerful that is in their life, purposeful that is in their life, and, and how compassionate we need to be with children. Uh, Jesus clearly gave that example. And I think that if those, have, those people who haven't received that, children are vulnerable, Adolescents are vulnerable, and it stays with us through uh, adulthood, and so that makes us vulnerable. We make really poor choices if we are not understanding the value, the worth, and if we feel shameful, we need to disappear. We need to say, I can't do that. Do you realize how many people say no to life because they're shamed? Well, That is tough news to hear. Uh, Marcus Bachman
0: is my guest. You can learn more about Marcus at counselingcare.us. Counselingcare.us. If you suffer from shame, can you be an empathetic person? Or are you too self obsessed? I'm looking at you, Marcus. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at you, the counselor. <laughs> We're all looking at you, Marcus. No, yeah. oh,
3: thanks. <laughs> Well, I do think that uh, people who are sh- uh, feel shame have the capacity to be merciful toward others okay. um, and and this can go in a direction where they're so merciful that they don't speak the truth yeah. in love, yeah. and that makes them a weak person. Now, it may seem very compassionate. For them to uh, walk alongside someone who has shame, uh, it, it, it actually allows them to be more uh, understanding and, and thoughtful and even insightful to some degree. But you see, because they haven't won victory in their own life, they typically can't bring this, the message of victory to the other person.
2: Exactly, and I've seen that as well in 45 years of counseling. They go into the situation, they identify with it real fast. Yeah. And, boy, they really care, and they can get very teary-eyed about it, but they don't have any answers themselves. And so they commiserate,
0: but they don't offer hope. Mm -hmm. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. We've got some nice questions coming in. If you've had an an experience where you've been released from shame and you can share what happened, we'd love to hear it. You can, of course, remain anonymous. The number to text is 877-933-2484. Having really a a great time. Marcus uh, came a minute late, and I'm punishing him,
2: and I will continue
0: to punish him. Uh, (laughs) But I'm doing it with my friends Jeff Verdorn and Tom Parrish. I don't know if you guys are sticking around or you're going to go. Jeff's got to go, so he's going to take off, and Tom, he's going to go too. So, Marcus, it's you and me when we come back after the break. Okay. Well, I'll try to do that with you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Tamp tamp down some of the excitement all right. We'll be right back. 877-933-2484. We're back, and it's a little less crowded in the studio right now. Uh, Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest, and Jeff and Tom are gone. They're in their cars, I hope, listening. Thank you very much for staying an extra half hour. Today, Marcus Bachman and I are talking about shame, and I know if you have a story where you've been released from shame, I would love for you to text it over 877-933-2484. One came in, uh, Marcus, said, I've been released from shame when I was open with my wife about my actions and feelings, and she loved me in spite of what I did.
3: Oh, isn't that powerful? I love to hear that. It is. um, It's very difficult for, uh, particularly, I'll just say it, for a man to acknowledge um, his sinful uh, ways, whether it's pornography or having an affair or um, cheating on the income taxes, whatever it is. our wives are often gracious. Our good friends are often gracious to us. So the acknowledgement and the, the um, releasing of that information is it brings it to light and it is a powerful tool. Uh, and I have to say, even if, and I'm so glad the listener had a great experience But even if we don't have as good of a response from another person that we share it with, it's still the right thing to do because we need to be uh, giving ourselves permission. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Dr. Marcus Bachman about shame.
0: Here's a comment. Take it out of the darkness and into the light. Mm. Confess to somebody. Then tell your story to a few people. It will become more and more freeing every time you do it.
3: Yeah. Let me uh, add to that. I I fully agree. I think we need to be selective. I think it's, um, even though I said before that uh, sometimes we don't get the best results, but I think we just need to be wise. Obviously, if, it's, if we're married in a relationship like that, we should be able to have the freedom to tell our spouse mm-hmm. and make that decision. But I think that among our uh, others that are we're sharing it with, we need to make sure that uh, they're safe. Uh, often within the Christian uh, circle, we have people that says, ah, you know, I'll pray for you about that. And basically then they get to share it with somebody else as a prayer request yeah. and it becomes really a, a source of gossip. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't believe what so-and-so shared with me. I just can't believe he, she was involved with that. I I had no idea, and then they start vomiting all over the place. So I think we need to be careful. Uh, it's not everybody's business, and it's the, it's it's true that it is uh, brought to light, and it is a freedom from that real freedom. But it is important for us to know. Um, let's be wise about who we share our information with. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the comment after
0: confessing to somebody and tell your story to a few people is. By doing this, other people will begin to have a sympathy or empathy, and you will back to them because you will begin to find out that they share a similar story to your own or a parallel
3: story to your own. It is so true. It gives the other person often the freedom themselves to share back with you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's even within circles of saying, I had difficulty or I'm, 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 uh, finding myself to be in a um, in a place where I'm not sure how to handle this. Uh, others will take a look at that and say, "Yeah, me too." And that's a strong, without saying the Me Too movement. That is a strong um, freedom. That people are given uh, just by sharing their uh, their life with each other. It is it is what God has created for family, for marriages, for close relationships to delve deeper and deeper into having intimacy. What a wonderful thing for us to be able to, to do that with each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's another comment, Marcus. Um, my parent I used to say, I don't know if this is mom or dad, used to say, shame on you. When I ever made a mistake as a child, I learned that. Mm. And I also learned in Christ, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.
3: I, I have to say, I think that should be released from the parenting book, Shame on You. I think that's a really poor approach. I know it's tempting when we get frustrated with our children. We think in terms of they are doing something that they've crossed the line. But there are so many other words and approaches uh, that we can take rather than bluntly saying shame on you. Those words can haunt a child. Mm -hmm. Those words can make them feel like there is something really wrong with me, isn't there? And the devil can use that in his growing up and her growing up years, uh, regardless of which parent might might have said that. It, I, I will just say this. That's an old-fashioned uh, but a poor approach toward parenting. And that parent probably heard it themselves. Absolutely. That's a generational thing. That's right. And sometimes we say, I'm never going to say what my parents said. And then all of a sudden it comes out of our mouth and we're thinking, oh how did that happen? Well, we were, we were, uh, we were mentored in a way and we can, that's, but that's the other thing, you know, Bill, if I've said something and obviously uh, we have spoken uh, inappropriately to someone in our life. And if it's to our children, we can ask that child and we can uh, tell that child, you know, I am, I, I, dad made a mistake here. I, I, I really should never have said those words. Um, because you are beautiful. You've made mistakes just like I have as a as a child, and by the way, it'd be helpful for you to share a story or two so they can say, oh, dad's made mistakes as a kid too. But I need to ask you, son, would you forgive me? I have I have crossed a line with you and I shouldn't have. There is something incredibly powerful there is something incredibly precious for a parent to say that to their child and the child's looking at that parent and saying y- you you just confess that to me and you're asking me as a as a kid to forgive me yeah I forgive you dad it's an incredible uh, better approach even if we've made the mistakes mm-hmm. and we make mistakes of course mm-hmm Another comment,
0: 12-step groups are wonderful at addressing shame. Talking to others and using, using humor has helped. I have been blessed to have friends that have helped me. Most importantly is going to our great comforter,
3: Jesus. Uh, I love all of that. I do think that, that humor is, by the way, healing. I think laughter is is a good thing at in the right ways Uh, because we shouldn't be taking ourselves too seriously. And as long as we're not making fun out of someone at their expense, I think that we have a a lot to say about how humor and laughter can be a healing process for us. I also believe that the church is right on when they have recovery groups, when they have uh, groups that are support groups, when they have people that come together from a joint issue, problem, a concern in their life, and they say, I, I need some help for this, and uh, then they hear the stories, they hear the confessions, they hear victory stories, which that is the key. We need to hear some victory in our lives. If we don't hear victory and it's all about, "Oh, woe is me." And I, I listen, there's a place to share the difficulty, the 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 shaming stories. But there's a really powerful approach towards sharing the victory
0: in our life. Mm -hmm. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. You can go to counselingcare.us to learn more about Marcus and his amazing practice filled with counselors. And there's also a licensed psychiatrist on the team as well. So, Marcus, when you think of guilt obviously you can rid yourself of guilt probably a lot easier than you can shame because shame has this staining power doesn't it
3: it has a, it has a staining power staining. staining power because it's really hard to wash off okay. it's really hard for us psychologically and emotionally to get rid of the feelings if 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 the enemy has given us the message and i don't want to give too much power for the enemy because our mind is a powerful matter. It it convinces us, us that we didn't do that right. There is something, again, wrong with us. There is an internalizing that happens with this belief that it, from our core, there is something wrong. And once someone has been hooked with that uh, thought, that belief system, it's a hard one to shake mm-hmm. off. And I think it takes a a lot of um, focus on, uh, I love the idea of um, taking a tablet and putting a line right down the center. On the left side is the feeling base of shame, of feeling bad, of feeling there's something wrong with me, of whatever dark thought there is. And I really like the right side to give scripture, to give uh, a statement of worthiness, of understanding that we are created in his image and we have a plan. He has a plan for us. I love the right side of the paper. And when I read the right side of the paper and repeat that back, it gives me the power that I am a different person than what my thought process was mm, like just that. a few minutes ago. Oh, like that's, that. that's self-talk and uh, counseling uh, one can do all by themselves. Mm-hmm. Marcus, if we're thinking of some of the destructive
0: shaming tactics that people endured when they were younger, maybe we can try to give the parents or the people, or whether they were coaches or teachers or parents, a little bit of grace, because maybe they were trying to encourage constructive behavior, but they weren't doing it well.
3: Yeah, I think we have to. It's it's it is very important to come from um, the understanding what 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 happened there to them. Uh, what why is it that they have used those words? And uh, you know, I I think it's really difficult to understand. For instance, someone. Who has such anger that they've resolved themselves to emotional abuse to their children or to their spouse? How did they get to the point where they would even consider physical? Because you know, we could easily say, of course, that's a line that should never, ever and we should never accept it. We we should we should separate if there's physical abuse. But I also think that we need to understand where did they come from? What was what was message was given to them. And I think that in, in, in the eyes of Jesus, the compassion that he would have, he, he would say truth in, in love. But I believe that there would have to be in, in the full realm of understanding that it would be really helpful for us to say, and, and tell me more. What, 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 what happened? What's going on for you? What 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 is causing this this anger? Um, I can do that in in the in the confidentiality in the safe zone. I I in my earlier career I wanted to dismiss people who were abusive. I wanted to draw the line so clear that I don't even want you in my office. I I feel it's, I I felt very uncomfortable. But as I grew as a therapist, I realized there's so much more. Let me uncover, let me unpeel the onion skins of someone who has crossed that line, who has done the shaming um, message. I I find that uh, there's a hurt person in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Marcus, let me ask you this question has come in. Can you talk about the difference between conviction? And condemnation.
3: I love conviction. I I am I am so enthralled with conviction because conviction is God's message to us. It gives us the passion to live life. It causes us to stand up. Um, it causes us. And 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 people are different in some of these ways. But I I love to salute the flag and. Put my hand on my heart with pledge of allegiance. I love to understand that we live in a free country, and and I will do anything I can um, to to continue that in 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 our culture. But I also know that um, uh, con- conviction is um, something that may be a little different for everybody. But I think that if, according to God's word, we will we should have conviction uh, conviction about. How to live life and how to treat each other, um, and the other word that they were concerned about was conviction and condemnation. Condemnation. Oh, well, let's just say it straight for what it is. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, and that's freeing. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy again. This is his. Uh, this is his. His arena. He wants to condemn people, and we have. Often, I, I hate to say it. I, I it's it's almost embarrassing to say how sometimes the church has condemned each other mm-hmm. uh, within the church. If you have a story of being released from
0: shame, or maybe you have a question about shame, now's the time to send your question over. You can text it to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. My guest is Doctor Marcus Bachman. He can be found at CounselingCare.us. I'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. We're talking about shame. If you have a shame, you've been released from shame or have a shame question, you can send it over 877-933-2484. I'm just looking at a question that just came in, Marcus. I don't know if it's a shame question, but I'm going to read it anyway because you're a counselor that can cover anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have such
3: confidence. I do have confidence in you. you. Maybe you.
0: Maybe this is a guilt or a shame. I'm not sure. All right. I need help deciding what to do. My younger sister has three children with a man she's not married to. There's a history of physical and mental abuse. Mm -hmm. uh, Last incident being earlier this year. They are currently together again. My husband and I are hosting Thanksgiving. Should we welcome him? If we do allow him over, my older sister, her husband, and kids will not come due to boundaries they have set. I want to do the right thing.
3: Oh, what a tough one. Yeah. What a tough one. I don't always know that uh, counselors have the direct answer for that without talking more and unpeeling some things. But I would just say, um, first, first of all, the message needs to be clear that it's unacceptable to uh, cross the lines with physical and mental abuse and somehow that needs to be given to this uh this man who's doing it um and I think at the same time if it means that uh, uh the the uh, you know the rest of the family uh can't come for Thanksgiving and that's important then I would just invite um uh, have them over yeah, I think you can say the truth and you can um Talk f- certainly with the, uh, the 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 woman who is being abused about how this is not acceptable. This is something that is so gravely wrong. And then the question is, do you need do you need to get some counseling? I'll I'll help provide that for you. I'll, I'll pay for that. Or you need to get some pastoral counseling, whatever it takes so that you understand your value and your worth. I think there's so much more behind the question of whether to invite uh, for Thanksgiving. There's so much more that needs to be encouraged and need to be spoken forth. Um, that's where I would focus on uh, rather than the question so much. But I, I, I tend to lean toward Yeah, invite um, uh, so the family can come for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm.
0: Marcus, if you have shame that's unresolved, is that headed towards depression and anxiety and low self-esteem?
3: Oh, you got them all. Bill, wow. Is that the trifecta? Wow! Yes, indeed. Because yeah. you know what? What What do you do with shame after a while? It's hidden. It does. It it's it grows like a cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, you're eating away at your whole sense of self. Um, the the fact that I become uncomfortable with myself, I'm going to become uncomfortable with other people and other situations and with other uh, others. So. Anxiety reigns often. Depression reigns. Anger. I'm angry at myself because I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that uh, becomes a part of um, the results. Shame is powerful. Shame is ugly. And I think we just need, that's why it's so important to identify it. At what? What am I feeling here? What is it that I'm telling myself. And again, if it's, I'm feeling guilty, guilt is motivating. It can be motivating unless we start to say, um, there's something wrong with me. Uh, there's something wrong with my choices and I've made some bad decisions and God is a redeemer he forgives and he releases and he's the message that he has is one of hope. Mm-hmm. It is so important to realize when we go down a dark path and we have no hope, that's the enemy's territory. That's what shame goes into. Marcus, what role does embarrassment have in shame? I think that embarrassment does have a role. I think that we are would, yeah. embarrassed about who we are i've uh, embarrassed about not only what we did but why did I do that in a way that says again uh I'm at fault, my life there is something wrong with me, and therefore i'm embarrassed i mean listen uh I don't want to say that all embarrassment is shame because you know if uh i was I was delivering yesterday uh, uh, a banquet full of chicken for our staff lunch, and somehow the ch- pan of chicken started to leak out on my pants. And I'll be honest with you, it looked like, <laughs> and I was embarrassed. Yeah, I bet you were. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I didn't feel guilty. I didn't feel shameful. Nor, nor should you. No. <laughs> Just a little embarrassed. Just a little embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, I shouldn't reveal all this stuff, but let's keep going. Okay. okay.
0: Here's another uh, comment. Uh, Living with grandparents in 1954, verbally shamed. I was seven years old and was told that I would be given away if I did not behave. God has freed me from that trauma, but my adult sons have father wounds and deep shame. Mm. This is a big. This is a big topic.
3: Oh, it is. Oh, and my. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I mentioned this to you during the break, Bill. There are a lot of people that are so shameful they won't even text or call in because they don't think they're worthy of their story being told. Mm. And I think that that says a volume right there of how many I mean we've, we've got plenty of listeners that are are involved in this and and caring enough to say, "I've had victory." that was a message my grandparents gave me. That's not my message of who I am today right. and hallelujah for the victory that people have in being able to wrestle and understand that. But let's face it, there is work to be done. And depending on how strong the message is and how layered the message is and how complicated sometimes when we have other instances after we feel and have received shame and then a bad event happens, then we have more layering. We need to have more time to be able to process what is this that I feel that actually ends up, and, it's, and it is complicated, motivates me to be angry toward my children, to be quick with my wife, to tell the taller marketer off, or whatever the case is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we just need to be um, uh, patient and um, committed to understanding if we have shame, mm-hmm. where it comes from. Here's another comment. I always thought
0: my parents didn't love me because I wasn't a boy. Mm -hmm. My mother had mental health problems and my father shamed me for having any needs like asking for a deodorant when I was 13 Mm -hmm. and he belittled my faith. So the comment is make sure a person is trustworthy before sharing personal information.
3: That's right. I I fully agree with what we talked about before on that. I would say that uh, there is a... um, Powerful statement there about a parent wanting whether it's a boy or a girl, and um, even saying that to the child, it is a um, it's a it's a very life changing statement, and that's where we can have people question their sexuality, people question, "Am I worthy of being a boy?" and then turn into a man, "Am I worthy?" And and the enemy has a heyday with that. So I think there is a tremendous amount of self-talk that needs to be clearly corrected. And 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 if we haven't made this clear, let me say it again: forgiveness, the power of forgiveness, releases the person from that that message, that lifelong message that there's something internally wrong with me. And what could be more internally wrong with me? That. I'm a boy, and I was told I was supposed to be a girl. Mm. Wow. Wow. You want to talk about some powerful messages there. Yeah. Marcus, thanks for being on the show today, and
0: um, this is a very interesting topic that I think we could go on and on with
3: because I know to some degree everyone's got a little bit of shame here and there. And, Bill, I'll plan on being on time next time so I don't ha- I can bypass the guilt. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I thought it was fun that the Guy Talk guys stuck around for 30 minutes. I think
3: it was ideal. Yeah, it was kind it of was fun. great.
0: Yeah, it was a good time. Yes. But thank you for being on the show. You can reach Dr. Marcus Bachman and his team at counselingcare.us, counselingcare.us. And thanks again to the guys for an extended Guy Talk that they weren't planning on it. And uh, a special thanks to Dr. Marcus Bachman for this wonderful hour uh, discussing shame It's not in the Bible except in Genesis. I think it's right in the beginning. But it is. We can't discuss that at this point because we're out of time. <laughs> but have a great night. Thanks for spending time with me. If you miss any of the show, you can always go to myfaithradio.com. Check out the podcast. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.